Yalan everyone and welcome to the first episode of season two of the Pacific Talks, a podcast where I engage in active conversations with my guests to talk about global challenges through a Pacific perspective. For this new episode, as a big cinema fan, I'm very happy to share with you today a conversation I had with Ashley Fido, a comedian and stunt woman from Aotearoa. Ashley kicks butt for a living, literally, as I've read recently about her, and she does. You actually probably seen her work in many movies, including Mulan, The Hobbit, and soon to come out, the next Thor. Quite some references. So now, on to a conversation with Ashley. Hello, Yorana. Malo, love her, Philippe. Uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, my first question is just about uh, knowing a little bit more about you. So can you just tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and, and what you've done uh, so far in your life? Okay, well, um, hello, everyone. My name is Ashley Fido, and I'm a stunt woman from Aotearoa, New Zealand. Um, I, I grew up in an urbanized place in West Auckland called Avondale. So um, just a little bit about my childhood. And my home life was humble and music and sports were a big presence in the area. So um, yeah, pretty much the thought of doing what I'm doing now in my field wouldn't have sprung to mind or been a possibility growing up. So um, it, yeah, it's a good feeling proving people wrong along the way. Mm. Um, so at this stage in my life, um, I'm recovering from a big injury I got last year on a stunt job. So my path at the moment is just to focus on rehab and heal and get back to doing what I love. Nice. Well, we hope the best for you then and that the, for the recovery to be as, as quick as possible. Um, Thank you. So, so this uh, injury came uh, uh, because, uh, as as I read recently about you, uh, because you kicked butt for a living, which I found uh, a very funny funny thing to describe your job, uh, which is quite a, a unique job. So, can you tell us what made you decide on on this career and and what is it like on a, on a daily basis? Um, yeah, I well, you know, I didn't see stunts as being a viable career path to begin with so um you know going back when I was young I think I had an affinity towards uh watching kung fu films and fight films and I definitely was the black sheep in my family because they, they were very sporty but they played rugby netball and, and touch so um I remember seeing the show called Buffy the Vampire Slayer in the 90s on TV I don't know if people remember this but um no, she, I do. She, yeah, <laughs> she killed and slayed vampires. And I thought to myself, this is cool. I want to do something like this. But, you know, how, how can I do something like this? So the interest came from um, that and then getting into martial arts. So I started doing karate and taekwondo when I was quite young. And then I ended up um, continuing that into my teenage years and I got my black belt and then my interest spilled over into training in other martial arts like kickboxing and jiu-jitsu. Mm -hmm. um, so since then, 
I've always been a tomboy, so the thought of play fighting and getting paid for it wasn't a bad idea. Hmm. Interesting. And and so, can you tell us? Uh, I, I mean, I guess the the injury, the recent injury you had, is is one of them. But can can you share with us some of the biggest challenges? that you've encountered along the different roles uh, you played, but also maybe what's your, what's your favorite uh, memory or what's your favorite thing in this, in this job? Um, it's really hard to pinpoint one particular favorite memory because you know, every job has had its challenges and you get to play dress-ups and stunt double different actors and play different roles. But I will point out... Um, My biggest challenge has been being the only Pacific Islander woman in stunts mm -hmm. and breaking that mold and seeing where I fit in the big scheme of things because it's not a very popular thing for Pacific Islanders to pursue in the first place. Mm -hmm. So, you know, behind the scenes, there's been many obstacles along the way to try to find um, my place, I guess, and I'm still trying to figure that out as we speak. So, um, yeah, I, I will say that it's nice to see other Polynesian women pop up in other areas of film, like producing and directing. And I've already gotten to work with some of them on some local shows here because it's, it's a very male-dominated industry still, and it's a tough one to stand out and succeed. And, you know, not even as specifically a Pacific Islander woman, but you know, women generally have it a little bit tougher because you, you really need to prove your place. And, um, yeah, that, that's been one of my biggest challenges. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, once you find um, the right people to surround yourself with, build your own support network, um, everything starts falling into place, I think. So, yeah. Mm. Interesting. And, and so, as you said, you, you, you had to start by uh, martial arts and, and fitness and, and this in order to, to learn how to, to do all the stents and stuff. Uh, how do you make the jump from uh, learning martial arts and practicing martial arts and then making a way to sell those skills to uh, the movie industry and, and especially the big movies that you, 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 you acted in? Um, well... A bit about my background, I, I was in the fitness industry for about 10 years, personal training, and I was doing the odd stunt job um, in between and training at the same time. So it, it matched my lifestyle, um, being fit and active. So I first got my opportunity just through a, a friend that was already in the industry. Um, and so with, I guess with my experience and combined skills, I got, the, got an opportunity and then um, kind of just carried on working from there through word of mouth. Well, that's uh, still quite a, a tough thing to do, I guess, and it, it probably took some time. Yeah, I mean, like I said, like it's, it's a path that isn't really clearly carved out. So, um, you know, my journey is different from the next person that mm. is a, is another stunt man or stunt woman. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a very unique, um, job to do. And there's one thing getting a job, but it's another thing securing work in the long mm. term as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, 
Well, on on these regards, uh, I like from my perspective, you've you've, you've done uh, quite amazing things, uh, and and I've read recently that you you you've played in the next uh, Thor and the next uh, Avatar, if I if I'm correct. Uh, so without telling us or revealing anything or, or giving any spoiler, but uh, how was it to to reach such uh, big productions like this and to play in in, in such big movies? Oh, like awesome. Because um, it's always been a big career goal of mine to work on a Marvel film. So I feel for me that was one of my biggest achievements to date. Um, you know, there's still other goals along the way. But um, as a stunt performer, this is why we get into the work in the first place. So we want to be working on the, the cool, big action movies that do all the big, badass stunts. So um yeah, like I can't divulge too much about those two productions because they haven't been released yet. But um, yeah, yeah, like working with big names like like Natalie Portman, working on set with her was pretty cool because I got to work with her in the same space and see how she operated as a professional. Um, yeah, so that that was awesome. But um, like bigger budget films like like this, like Thor and Avatar, they have more resources and more opportunities to do bigger stunts. And we have um, stunt teams designing and preparing for the action months and months, even years leading up to shooting. Mm. So um, we don't have this on smaller budget productions a lot. So that's, yeah, that's definitely um, a bucket list thing. Yeah. Definitely, and it's gonna be great to see uh, someone from the Pacific featuring in in those uh, big productions as well. Yeah, exactly, and that that's a, an, another thing too, which is awesome because it's it's a very rare opportunity to get, and then you know, being Pacific Islander and representing on the big screen is, mm. yeah, it's something else. Definitely. Yeah, uh, and and so so you you. We said you you grew up in in Aotearoa, uh, but you also have Samoan, Chinese, and, and German origins. So you're connected to to many cultures since you were born. Uh, to how would you define your identity today? And and in some way, uh, did playing all different characters from different cultures helped you to shape the way you approach identity today? Ooh, good question. Um, you know, touching on that about being Samoan Chinese German I actually did a DNA test not long ago Mm, and I found out I don't carry German DNA that my ancestors did but my last name Fido is a Portuguese last name so there were Portuguese that settled in Savai in Samoa Mm. they were Fidos but they spelt the last name with no W and then it got changed from there so then my other DNA results I got were English Irish, Burmese, and Tongan, really, 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 really mixed. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. You know, like for me, I grew up Kiwi and being of mixed race, I'm still finding myself and I think I'm reclaiming my roots. I'm going on that journey at the moment. So I Mm. don't feel like I identify to being one thing. Um, I like to be identified as just being diverse, but I'm talking specifically about work. Uh, as a as a stunt double, you get matched to an actor for, mm-hmm. for a number of factors. Like if you share similar skin tone, body type, 
ethnicity and obviously the right skill set um, for the job, then you know you'll you'll get the job. But um, for us, we focus on the physical performance mm-hmm. and how it will be sold to camera. And we work collaboratively with the actor and the director's vision of how they want that character to be portrayed. But um, yeah, even as a stunt performer, you you do sometimes get cast in acting roles where you are hired to do the stunts and dialogue together. Mm-hmm. So if you know how to do both very well, it gives you that edge over others. Yeah, indeed. And so, and so do you think that this diversity of yours was uh, a benefit for your career? Like you were saying that coming from the Pacific, it was quite tough to to reach uh, to, to bigger roles and stuff. But do you think your ability to kind of like personify different cultures, different ethnicities was a, was a benefit for you? Yeah, it definitely, um, it has. It has definitely paid off in some areas. Like, for example, I've, you know, I've doubled um, African-American woman and Asian woman um, and European as well. So, yeah, I, I guess it has paid off. But in other instances, it's worked against me. Um, because it depends on the brief, really, what the job entails. So, it, yeah, it, it depends on what the job requires as well. But I can easily get pigeonholed as being one thing at the same time, and that can be limiting. So it's quite contradicting. I don't know if that makes sense. That sounds confusing. But... <laughs> no, 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 but definitely. <laughs> but I, yeah, I mean, I guess it, it, it really depends also probably, and, and that's something that we've seen more and more in the as a discussion in the movie industry on, on how authentic um, the industry is trying to be in terms of like the characters and the people mm. who play those characters as well. So I guess that also plays a role in that. Exactly, exactly. And like over my career, over the past, like what, 11 years now, I haven't doubled a Polynesian, apart from shout out to Frankie Adams, who's actually doing quite well. She's a Samoan actress from New Zealand. Mm -hmm. She's the only Samoan actress that I've doubled. But, um, you know, everyone else has been ethnic per se. You know, if Mm -hmm. if you're anything but non-European you get classes ethnic which is also it's also quite like a, a funny term to throw around yeah it's quite a touchy subject yeah it's become very controversial um in the film world but I think film has given more opportunities for ethnic people um in roles and in leading roles these days so I think it's great because it's opened up opportunities more and more for people not only like myself but for other um like Polynesian filmmakers too. Mm. Yeah. yeah in, indeed. And 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 we've seen even if it's obviously we're far from from like having as much opportunities as other people, but we see more and more people from the Pacific uh kind of mm. reaching out to to big productions. Obviously the big name we think about is Wayne Johnson, but uh, I'm also thinking of Taika Waititi who who not only is, is from New Zealand, but has managed to bring his own creativity and his specific creativity in, in the movies that he was making. So as, yeah. as you see the industry evolving right now, do you think it's a, it could be a cradle of opportunities for, for people from the region? Is there is there really something that is opening up for, for the people of the Pacific? Well, that's another good question. Um, like 100%, definitely, especially in this day and age, like with the amount of 
talent and intellectual property within the Pacific region. Like we have so many Pacifica and Māori actors and creators, uh, creatives at the top tier, like all mm-hmm. over the world, starting networks, especially here in New Zealand. So, um, yeah, it's a global market and you'll find you are only twice removed from most of your idols in this industry, especially if they are Polynesian. Like I have a few, um, I have some stunt work colleagues who have already worked with The Rock and Jason Momoa before. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like the possibility of working in the future with them is is, is very close. But, um, yeah, like in terms of the, the work here, like there's more funding that, that's getting put into more local um, Polynesian storytelling, which definitely enables our people to tell our, our own stories um, authentically and then it opens up more job opportunities too. Mm. So, like, I don't know if you're aware of. Um, I think you did. I think you do know Tane Sa. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. The TV show that came out. There's um, Deadlands. Mm. Uh, that was a Maori TV show. So there's heaps of um, heaps of local projects that um, definitely need a bit more exposure, but that tell our stories and they need to be spread worldwide. Yeah. Mm. Indeed. And, and, and I was going to say indeed that there's two two things to consider in that in that discussion. It's like how people from the Pacific can reach out to big productions, which are still for now in Hollywood mostly, uh, maybe a little bit in Europe. Uh, but also, how can we manage to create th- movies and 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 all that in the region for and and get funding for the region to develop more local uh, creation? So, what is to your view, what is missing still for really for the industry to to pop out uh, locally and internationally? I think um, it's just having those pathways that are accessible to actually get into film in the first place. Um, so like I said, um, I've worked with a few Polynesian creatives but a lot of them have just, you know, either started up or are doing smaller funded projects. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's just more work experience and helping each other out. So, like personally, for me as a as a stunt woman, I've I've worked on international projects that have big budgets and also local productions too. So. I'm helping these new Polynesian storytellers understand what role we as the stunt department add to their productions, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. which will increase like the value and experience on their productions to only like tap into, um, you know, bigger projects in the future. Mm. So would would that go, for example, in terms of like sharing resources between the different islands or the different countries and and if someone like from a smaller country from a smaller island has an idea and some creativity to reach out first to uh like for example new zealand or australia and to try to keep like things happening in the region instead of trying to 
go straight to Hollywood or, or Europe or, or anywhere else? 100%, 100%. It's all about working together um, as a collective, um, you know, like you said, sharing resources, um, reaching out to one another, uh, running uh, workshops together, just helping our community and educating them at the same time. Mm. Um, yeah, like in saying that, I've, I've worked in Fiji on a production called Wrecked. It was this comedy that was shot back there a few years ago. And I worked with a Fijian New Zealand coordinator, shout out to Augie Davis. But, um, you know, they just, the, the, the film industry is, was, is or was quite new there. So they were recruiting heaps of um, local talent. So that's an example. Like the only way for um, Pacific Islanders in film to actually get those opportunities is, you know, if if you have projects shot over in the islands. Like, for example, if you had um, our island nations like Samoa or, you know, Tahiti, if they had that right infrastructure, if the government put money into that and looked at the framework, then definitely some productions could be shot over there and that could open up a whole pool of opportunities for locals over there. Mm. Yeah. 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 Indeed. In Tahiti, we have a, a, a festival that has become quite big right now, but it's mostly documentary movies. So maybe yeah. we should also start to look at fiction movies that feature Polynesian stories, but made as a, as a movie with like, I would say, maybe international standards somehow. Yeah, yeah, and then maybe like bridging that gap between, um, you know, the New Zealand Polynesian filmmakers who already have a bit more experience in that field Mm -hmm. and linking up somewhere so, you know, we can collaborate, that definitely would be be a good thing to do. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. And and that takes me back to, to, uh, to the conversation we had just before on how like cultures are represented in in the major uh, movies in Hollywood and stuff. Uh, recently, the new Marvel uh, came out, uh, Eternals, and, and the specificity of this movie was to feature characters from different cultures, uh, like coming out of the like the cliche things that we we've seen uh, up until now. Uh, do you think we can expect more uh, presence of the Pacific cultures in this new wave of movies that try to be more diverse? And do you think that would be also helpful to tell people in the Pacific, hey, you can also have your story told in those kind of movies? Um, yeah, 100%, because obviously you already have like the likes of Jason Momoa and Dwayne Johnson. And mm-hmm. um, Uli um, Latukefu, who um, was the lead on... The Legend of Baron Toa, that was um, the Tongan wrestling film we shot a few years ago. He's also up and coming. So I think it's definitely important to have Polynesian uh, role models on the screen like that because, um, you know, our youth that are up and coming would see that as being, um, you know, 100% a, a reachable goal. Mm. Whereas I, I feel like it wasn't as, there was not, there was no presence of Polynesian um talent in film before so yeah I, th- I think it's becoming increasingly popular and even like having um Timuera Morrison mm. um the Maori actor on Boba Fett you know in the Star Wars universe like that's huge like yeah. that is so huge too so um yeah you know what I would like to see is um a female driven Polynesian hero of our own for the the woman and the girls to look up to. Mm. Um, yeah, that's definitely a niche market to tap into. 
Yeah, and we have yeah. many stories and legends that we can use to build on that kind of uh, of stories for movies. Yeah, 100%. Like the world has no idea. They have no idea, you know, um the amazing like legends that that we have. Like more, you know, Moana came out as an as an animated film, but that's yeah. only touching the surface. Like there's so much raw material that needs to be explored. So, yeah, it's an untapped market that has huge potential. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. But but do you think that at some point because uh, sometimes the conversation is uh how do we make sure that the, the stories are, are somehow preserved or their authenticity at least is preserved? Mm. Do you think that there would not be resistance in terms of saying, okay, we're going to take a, a traditional story or traditional legend and put it in the format of a, of a modern movie, which would be like maybe more mainstream? Like how do you think there could be resistance or, or that could like we could find a way to do it properly so that people would like it and be inspired by it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it has potential to go two ways. So it's just making sure that, um, you know, you're collaborating with the right creatives that want to keep the um, authenticity of the story true. Because, um, you know, the more money that's involved, um, you know, there's a high chance of the story kind of getting um, diluted. And then, you know, by the time it gets to the screens, like the end product, it might be a watered down version of what it was supposed to be. So I think it's like keeping those um, key storytellers at those top positions where they make the calls, uh, they call the shots to make sure that, um, you know, nothing, nothing changes. Mm. It's having like, you know, Polynesian directors, producers all at the table, um, making those big decisions and just resisting, uh, you know, things like that ever happening. And I think it's happening at the moment. Like I said, like there's Pacific stories that are <clears throat> being filmed here by Pacific filmmakers and um, it's, it's just employing more of our, um, of our own people to make sure that that doesn't happen. Yeah, that's nice. Well, yeah. That's- Hope it continues like that and and starts uh, spark a, a a trend for a lot of people here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so at at this stage of of the podcast, uh, usually I go uh, get a quote from uh, from a book or or, or an author that uh, I like to share with my guests and kind of have like great minds colliding with each other through through the power of words. Uh, but today we're talking about movies, so obviously I went to to look for something uh, from from books or movies, and and I found this uh, very funny line from uh, Harry Potter, uh, told by Dumbledore, uh, who says this: uh, "It's not our abilities uh, that show what we truly are; it is our choices." Uh, and and I thought about this one for you because uh, obviously your your abilities are, are quite unique, uh, and as you say, you're one of the few uh, Pacific women. Uh, to be a, a stunt actor, actress like this, uh, but would you also say that that the choices you made, uh, like starting from watching uh, Buffy's a Vampire Slayer and say this is what I, I want to do, that that really like took you where you are today? Oh, that is a, that is a really good one. Um... Can you just reiterate that question again? That was that was a big yeah, question. I'm just going to repeat the quote and you'll, you'll tell me how what, what you think of it. So it's not our abilities that show what we truly are. It is our choices. So how do you relate uh, regarding your own personal uh, life and career? 
Um, you got me good on this one. <laughs> I have to dig deep. <laughs> Not ready for this. Um, I could say abilities are only what we are capable of doing, but they don't matter until you can put them to action and mm-hmm. the choices are actually what we do with them and how, how you carry them out. Yeah. Mm. Um, is that good? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, the, the, the point is like, like you pretty much opening uh, a new road for a lot of people in the, in the region, which has, has been challenging, as you said. And, and it's, it's obviously hard work, but it's also at some point stepping up and saying, okay, this is what I want to do. So I'll make the choices that I need in order to succeed. And, and pretty much showing that if you do, like if you take the risk of making the tough choices, then you can, you can reach the life that you, that you want to, to have eventually. Oh my God, you answered it perfectly for me, but yeah, <laughs> no, like, you know, it's interesting that you do say that because, you know, it's not like at once in my head, I, I kept telling myself, I'm, I'm the only Pacific Islander woman um, in this field. Like obviously race and ethnicity wasn't a big thing that was playing in my head throughout mm. all these years, but it's only recently occurred to me that what makes you different actually makes you stand out and more opportunities can be created from that. So instead of, you know, making it a negative experience, I think to myself, oh, you know, like, okay, I might be the only one here in New Zealand at least. Um, You know, why don't I start looking into creating um, opportunities and pathways maybe for young Pacific Islander youth to see this as – a viable career option, you know, like that's also an untapped um, pool to get into, like, you know, um, helping the community or like doing workshops and and, and educating them about this type of job because you never know who you could inspire. And for me, like I definitely want more of um, my own kind um, in the industry just because I reckon in the future there's going to be, a lot more work for Polynesians. So there's definitely going to be a gap to be Mm. filled there. So if I can be, you know, a leader or a mentor for the young ones coming through, that's, yeah, that that would be awesome. Yeah, indeed. And it's said in the podcast, so obviously people would listen or take you to your word. (laughs) (laughs) They'll Google and go, oh, oh, wow, there's there's a Polynesian stunt woman that exists. What does she have to say? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, that ties perfectly to, to my uh, next and last question. Um, uh, for the people who would uh, listen to you in this podcast and who may dream as many, many kids uh, or, or even adults dream to, to be into this, uh, this quite unique industry, uh, what would be your advice or, or recommendation for this person or, or pretty much for whoever from the region who wants to create the change by maybe uh, venturing into a new sector or, or making like different choices and stuff like what, what would you like to tell them? Okay. My advice after 11 years is start your path. Don't doubt yourself because other people will do that for you. Stick to your path find your tribe. If there is no tribe and you feel that you're on your own, start your own tribe. 
stick to your word and honor your word and be accountable for all of your actions and don't let the industry break you or change you. Mm, which yeah. requires, I guess, a lot of mental strength also because it's probably going to be tough sometimes. Oh, 100%. I think it's 90% tough most of the time. But don't get me wrong, there are definitely um, enjoyable moments and you definitely do get, get rewarded for it. But yeah, that, that's my best advice I can give to someone that wants to get into this. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's great. Thanks. Uh, thank you very much, Ashley, for uh, opening up uh, a little bit of this uh, this industry that we see a lot, but we don't never really hear about what's going on behind. So thanks exactly. a lot for, for your insights. But thank you for that, because I, I feel like, you know, um, doing podcasts like this and opening opening up this kind of discussion is what's going to get that out there so yeah thank you for um listening to my story Pacific Talks is a podcast hosted by me, Philippe, and produced by Pacific Venture Media. If you enjoyed this conversation, feel free to subscribe to any podcast platform of your choice. You can also share it on your social medias or with your friends, family, or colleagues. And if you listen to it on a podcast platform, feel free to leave us a review. This is very important to us as it helps us to reach out to more people. If you want to share your thoughts and ideas following this conversation with Ashley, you can reach out to us directly by email, contact at pacificventry.com or on all our social platforms. Until next time, with another guest, another discussion on the challenges of the Pacific. Take care and see you soon.